You know, when I spoke with your pastor about our work at uh, the bridge, which is an Elim event that uh, we attend together with a, a number of key pastors in the Elim movement, um, he so kindly invited us, said, Rich, come and share the work at Victory Outreach with our church. And so that's why we're here to share our stories, but also we're asking you to support us prayerfully. Pray for us because we are in the prisons, we're on the streets, we're, we're taking in very damaged people whose lives have been broken, but there is nothing that's been broken that God cannot fix. I said, there's nothing that's been broken that God cannot fix. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. I had to do that. I had to do that because of the young lad. But there is nothing broken that cannot be fixed. Um, And we want you to have the opportunity as well to know more about our work. There are some leaflets at the back there. And uh, if you want to support us, you can. Uh, I'm not going to beg for money. It's not my place to do that. But I will ask if you would prayerfully consider supporting the work that we do, I know you as a church are committed to missions and have been for many years and your pastor is as well, as his heart. But if you can support us, uh, I'm on a personal mission to raise 500 partners to give £25 a month or more towards our work, which will help us. Last year, um, we lost £300,000 from the ministry. I had to sell the home up here in Lye. Some of you know we had a home here in Lye. And some of you came across and ministered to some of the guys, which we really appreciated. But we had to sell it because of our financial situation. But we're grateful because as we're traveling like this, going to different churches, to share their stories and say to people, please, can you help us? Please, can you help us? I mean, it's a cup of coffee a day, really. That's what it really amounts to. Uh, I'm not the best at giving a sales pitch to raise money. I'm useless. I'm just a preacher. But if you can help us, then sort yourself out and help us in it, as we say in Wales. There's some leaflets at the back there and some information about the work and how you can prayerfully support us as well and uh, you receive a newsletter if you sign up as well you get one of those and there's some merchandise as well there's some books there of mine which I don't want to bore you with and there's some CDs Joel can you come and get these I don't want to take up too much time talking about products I'm not from America there we go uh, they're good they're good yeah they're, they're good CDs they're all right yeah and they're up there as well so uh, if you have a Bible or you should have a Bible if you haven't don't worry I want you to turn to Matthew Matthew's Gospel Chapter 27. Was it 27, Simon? 26. Matthew 26. Matthew 26. You know, with God, nothing that's broken cannot be fixed. But sometimes things that are fixed need to be broken. And I'm going to explain that to you. And this is very important for me this morning because all last night um, I couldn't sleep, not because it was too hot. But simply because I had this word going on in my heart and in my head, different to what I'd expected to preach this morning. That's why I believe it's for you, because this is fresh out of the oven, literally. And um, God really spoke to me through it, and I want to share it with you today. Matthew chapter 26, reading from verse 6. Now, when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head, and he reclined at the table. When the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why waste this? For this could have been sold for a large sum of money and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare for my burial. Truly I say to you, whatever this, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. 
And I've just fulfilled that there again. And how many more times has that been fulfilled? May God add his blessing to his most holy and sacred word to us this morning. This passage of scripture is one of those things that reminds us sometimes of what is a priority and what isn't a priority in our lives. Often we can be engaged in ministry and doing things. And, but what matters the most? What matters the most? You know, there's nothing broken that God cannot fix. We read about the woman with the issue of blood. She'd been bleeding for 38 years and, and there, was no, there was no cure for her. She'd spent all she had. She, she'd lost strength and energy. There was nothing left. She'd gone everywhere. She tried everything, like some of the stories you've heard. Nothing worked for her. Then she heard one day Jesus was passing by. And she just heard that he was passing by and she, she, she went to where he was. She pushed to the crowd. The Bible tells us she reached out, touched the hem of his garment and Jesus said virtue had left him and this woman had been healed of this blood issue because there's nothing broken that God cannot fix. Nothing broken that God cannot fix. There are people sat here today with broken hearts, broken relationships, broken finances, broken in all kinds of different areas of your life that you put a nice facade on, you smile through it all, and you raise your hands because you're trusting in Jesus and, we, and God knows that you are, but inside you're broken. But there's nothing broken that God cannot fix. I don't know about you, but through my own life, I've been through some very broken situations. I've been broken up on the inside over different things that I see. When I see people, actually for me as a pastor, seeing people go through pain is one of the worst experiences because I don't want any of my people to go through pain. And it breaks me up on the inside. But we all face moments in our lives where we will go through storms, challenges and difficulties and we will be broken. It will bring us to our knees. But what is broken, God can always fix. I said what is broken, God can always fix. There's always a remedy. No life is beyond the reach of God. No individual, irregardless, irregardless of their sin, how deep they are, how bad they've been, what their lifestyle is, what their gender orientation is. Well, no matter what it is, God loves people. Jesus never came to the world to condemn people. He came to save people and to love people and to change people and transform people and to give them a life. Listen to this, an abundant life. Christians are meant to enjoy knowing Jesus. Not be miserable. Well, I've been baptized in vinegar. We are supposed to be the most joyous people on the planet. Not intoxicated with the old wine, but the new wine of the Holy Spirit of God. And just imagine the greatest advert of your church and this church is you. You want to come to my church, it's so exciting. <laughs> You'll be filled with joy. But you are the advert. But here's the thing, whatever you face in your life, when you have Christ with you, whatever is broken can be fixed. It might be a dream, a ministry, a vision, something that God gave you years ago. It might be broken, but God can fix it. I said God can fix it. No matter what it is. You think it's impossible. I could tell you stories after stories after stories of what seemed impossible in front of me. Other people's stories. Even my own story of what is impossible. And God takes what is impossible and makes it possible. Because with men sometimes things are impossible. But with God all things are possible. All things are possible. You see this building you're in now is an old building and it might be broken in a few places and some damp patches in pastor's office and I noticed and, and all that stuff. That's why he's losing his hair. And all that stuff going on. But what can be broken can be fixed. 
But you see, what Jesus does, he doesn't change the exterior of a man or a woman. He changes them on the inside. And only God can do that. Only God. No amount of exterior work done on your life is going to help you. But Jesus can. He can take your brokenness and he can fix you. But sometimes, second point, sometimes what is fixed needs to be broken. Christians, we shall not, we shall not be moved. And it don't matter what you do, there's more life in Gandhi's flip-flop. Just no, no, no passion for Jesus. No, well, I'm worried what people think about me. No, people already think you're a plonker, so don't worry about it. Get over yourself. <laughs> Stand there. Sometimes you've got to be broken. Sometimes you have to be because you're fixed. Well, I've always been this way, but that's Wales. I've always been. How do you do a Birmingham accent? I can't do it. Oh, road. I've always been this way. You're road. Well, I, I was in Tipton for years. All right, cock. That's what they used to call, say to me. When I first heard that, all right, cock. I went, what? What did you just call me? I want to punch him in the face. I did, I punched him in the face. And that was one of the elders. Anyway, so. <laughs> I thought they don't speak like that down here, surely. But sometimes we're so, our lives are so fixed and so ordered in the ordinary that God wants to break up what is ordinary and what is the middle lane of life where we're living in comfort and everything's going okay. And, you know, we, there's, something needs to break, something needs to change. It's the story of our church. We started our church three years ago. We planted six churches. We planted another one in a couple of weeks in Blind Avon. Church has grown. We've been meeting for 92 nights every night in this thing called the Welsh Outpouring. But what happened is something broke. And I tell you what broke. It was my heart. I was in California. I was out there on a, a trip to see two churches. And then I was invited to speak at another church which was unplanned. And I went there and did that. And, and God changed my heart. You see, I was fixed. I was fixed in my heart with my doctrines and with my Bible and with my beliefs. And my beliefs were more important than actually loving people. I wouldn't admit it, but that was the truth. What I believe, my doctrine was so dogmatic that it mattered more than actually someone's life. And winning an argument was more important to me than winning a soul. But I wouldn't admit it. I had hatred in my heart towards certain ministries and ministers and people who did things differently. But I wouldn't admit it and never showed it. But it would leak out from time to time from statements I would make, from sarcasm from the pulpit. People with different sexual orientations to me that were maybe homosexual or maybe people living in a lifestyle that I didn't think was appropriate. I would, I would, be, I would make comments from the pulpit sarcastically just to get a laugh from the congregation and then I raised myself do you know what I've got issues turn to the person next to you and tell them you've got issues <laughs> oh they have tell them <laughs> now, so I'm moving the gift of the, the prophet as someone here this morning who's got issues we've all got issues we just don't want to admit them but to quit it you've got to admit it and I, I remember having all these prejudices and God, God broke me in that hotel room. God broke my heart and said to me, you need to change. Because you are fixed and you're, you're so, you're, you're, in your own mind you think you, you know all the answers and you, you're this clever person and I've done all this for you and I've given you all these things. And, but you think, you think that you have the right to judge people. Nobody has the right to judge anybody. Unless you walk a mile in someone else's shoes, keep your mouth shut. 
Just don't wear sandals with socks. It's just not right. It's wrong. <laughs> That's just wrong on so many levels. Just looking on there. Well, we're all right. I haven't offended anybody. Some wife just turned with her husband. I bloody told you not to wear them socks, didn't I, without sandals? <laughs> Jesus didn't wear socks. You know, sometimes we realize that we're broken and God can fix anything that's broken. But sometimes what is fixed needs to be broken. What is fixed needs to be broken. Even within church life, you know how we do church sometimes? You know, if you don't change as a church and we realize, you know, we're fixed, this is who we are. No, what you do doesn't define who you are necessarily. It comes out of who you are. But don't be fixed into thinking God wants to change some stuff. God wants to change some stuff. And God comes in, he breaks in and changes what's been fixed. Sometimes for that to happen, you see, for multiplication or for God to do something to bring increase or blessing into somebody's life, he has to take something that's fixed and he has to break it. The boy with the loaves and the fishes brought them to Jesus. The Bible says he blessed it and then he broke the bread and it multiplied to feed 5,000 people. He took what was fixed and broke it and gave thanks. Because what is fixed sometimes needs to be broken. And I don't know what it is in somebody's life here today, but there's something you're engaged in or something that's happening, something you're going through, but you're fixed in something and it needs to change. God wants to break into your life and he wants to change what has been fixed. It might be a word that was spoken over your life. It might be to do with self-esteem. It might be because you'll be told you amount to nothing, you'll never be anything, you'll never do anything. And I, now, now I, so when I hear that voice, I go, that's right, you're absolutely right. I'll never be anything, I'll never do anything. You're absolutely right. But Jesus, but God, who is rich in mercy, wherein he loved me, and he gave himself for me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me and gave himself for me. I know I'm blessed when I'm going out. I'm blessed when I'm coming in. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I choose rather to believe the word of God over my life than to believe what man's going to say over my life. Do someone risk an amen in this place this morning? I'd rather believe what God says about me, but that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. And I can rejoice in that fact that no man can take it out. you know why? Because the ink in the pen of God is written with divine red ink and it's the blood of Christ and it cannot be erased. I have been etched into the palm of God's hand. My name, Richard Taylor, is in the palm of God's hand. And so is yours. Yabba dabba do. That's hallelujah in Welsh. Those of you who don't know. <laughs> This woman came with an alabaster box of oil and she broke it. It had been fixed for years. She'd been saving. It was precious. It meant something to her. And sometimes the things that are precious to us mean so much to us. They become idols in our lives. We love them more than we love God. And it might be the case that God wants us this morning to bring what is precious to us and break it open and give it back to Jesus because real worship is not, is not actually real worship is not the heart of worship that for me, and I'm not a worship leader expert, but I can tell you this. I think at the heart of worship lies brokenness. People with a contrite heart, with, with a spirit that, that God can minister to, a humble spirit that God can minister to. Because when we're proud and we're arrogant and we think we got it all together and, you know, our Christianity is fixed and we come to church and we know when to raise our hands and we know when to say praise the Lord and we, how are you brother, how are you sister? But really, how broken are we before him? When we think about what Jesus has done for us, he didn't just die for our sin, he died instead of us 
on the cross. Not just for our sin, but died instead of us. And I don't know about you, but when this woman came and the disciples' reaction is often the reaction of so many people. What are you doing? We could have sold this and made some money and given it to the missions board. Given it to the poor. And Jesus' response is, the poor you always have with you. You'll always have the poor with you. But what matters the most? You know, our mission matters not. If our mission is not centered around loving Jesus, then it is no longer mission. It ceases to be mission. It's a monetary exercise of budgeting, planning, spending money. And actually, at the heart of it, what's it all about at the end of the day? Are we seeing lives changed? And is Jesus transforming people's lives? That's why I'm addicted to the work of Victor Outreach. I loves it. For the simple reason this. Yes, I'm pioneering planting churches. And that's great. And church is great and all that. I love all that. Yeah, it's fantastic. But my passion is what we do in our homes with our men and our women that come through our doors. When they walk through those doors and they experience the love of God for the first time and they've been fixed, they've been, and fixing, they've been fixed and they experience the love of God through another human being that touches their heart, that causes them to think, I have to do something with my life and get on their knees and give their lives to Christ. There is no greater joy than somebody giving their lives to Jesus because you know at that moment, Heaven has touched earth and something of the divine has touched the humane. And a miracle takes place in someone's life. We call it being born again. That's what happens. You are born again. It's like you start all over again. It's a brand new life. I remember the first night I got saved, I came out of the Bush Hotel and the grass was greener and the sky was bluer. You know, I, was, I, I remember going to the park and I, I could smell the grass. I couldn't smell grass. Well, I smoked grass before, but it was a different kind of grass. I got on my knees and I could smell the freshness of the grass and I'm sniffing the gr- I can see people walking past me in the park looking at me strange because I'm, because <sighs> I can smell, I, all my senses had come alive, they were dead. You know why the Bible says when you are in sin without Christ, you are dead in your trespasses and sin. You think you're living but you're not alive. You're walking dead. That's what you are. And what was fixed in my life had to be broken. And there are some things that God wants to deal with. What is broken in your life can be fixed. But what is fixed in your life, in some areas, needs to be broken. So where does the message of the gospel and Jesus fit into this in the last three minutes that I have? Jesus came to fix an old covenant. He came to fix, to put what was right, to put what was wrong, right. An old covenant that they'd broken with God. God created Adam and Eve. They sinned in the garden. This is the gospel. You'll be going three minutes. They sinned in the garden. I'm going to wrap it. I can feel it coming on me. They They sinned in the garden. God, they covered themselves with leaves. God killed an animal, slaughtered it. Blood was shed because there had to be shedding of blood for forgiveness of sins. Death had to occur. There had to be forgiveness. There had to be a penalty for that sin. And so God clothed them in animal skins, covering not just their sin, but their shame and their nakedness. And that's what God does when he comes into our life. Not only does he take our sin away, but he takes away the shame that is connected to our past and to our sin. So I carry no more shame. I've been free from shame. In fact, now I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the past power of God and the salvation to him who believes. Would you risk an amen? And so this happens and I've lost my way a little bit now thinking of this rap. <laughs> so Jesus comes born into a stable as you know and he's God made, he's God made man and, and he lives his life and then he is crucified. And I want you to see something. You see what was fixed, there was a covenant in place that was fixed by God under the old covenant. Jesus came Not to break the old covenant, but to fulfill the old covenant. But how did he do that? So that all people, 
all races, all tribes, all nations, all times, all generations, no matter who they are, where they're from, whatever their life is, he came to die for the entire world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would never perish but have everlasting life. How did he do that? The Bible says that he went to the cross. He went to the cross. And before going to the cross, he's with his disciples. And he said to them, take this bread. And he breaks it. And he says, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. And the same man also take the cup of the new covenant. The cup of the new covenant followed the breaking of bread. Why? Because what was fixed had to be broken. And God made a way and made it possible through the death of his son for what was fixed for eternity past, present and future. When God said that this is the situation that mankind is in, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that is fixed. Jesus came and his body was broken and he made it possible for you and I now to receive the forgiveness and the love of God and to know God as our Father. To know God as our Father. My Father. Wow. Say it backwards. Amazing. Say it upside down. Amazing. They say anything here, don't they? But what was fixed had to be broken. And after it had been broken, it became a blessing. If you want your life to be blessed, then maybe what is fixed needs to be broken. Maybe what is broken needs to be fixed. Maybe there's someone here this morning who may have, may have understood a little bit what I've just said. That Jesus came not to demolish what was fixed, but actually to fulfill the law, that which was fixed. His body was broken so that you and I could be fixed by him. That's it. That's the message of the gospel. It's not complicated, is it? Yea, the Lord saith unto thee. There's none of that. I mean, if you want me to do that, I can do that. This doesn't make any sense to me. Because I'm Welsh. I don't go. Thou knowest, thou flowest, knowest not. Anyway, moving on. So I get into trouble. I can feel the vibes. What are you going to do this morning with Jesus? Come to church every week. Great. You're doing your series. Well, maybe this morning God's just brought this Welshman because Pastor Leon invited him just to bring a team and, and God's just dropped a bombshell into your life this morning saying, you know what? What's broken in your life? He can fix it. But what is fixed needs to be broken. And we can only do that by responding to him. Can I ask you all to stand with me as we pray? Worship team, come back up. No, I'm joking. Stay where you are. No, I'm joking. Come on up. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you can just play something in the key of G, that'd be great. <laughs> Capo two, thanks. That's G, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know, looking out this great crowd of people this morning, who's here, where you're from, what your reason for coming here this morning. But I do know that there are people here that God has spoken to. And I want to give you the opportunity to respond to what God has said. I don't want to leave this opportunity. I want to miss this opportunity. And I want to pray with and for you. I know time has gone. 
but I want to pray with you and for you. Wherever you are this morning, you might not know Jesus as your saviour and you're broken and you need to be fixed. I'm not going to hype this meeting up because I don't need to do that. If there's anybody here this morning that's broken that needs to be fixed, well, every head is bowed and every eye is closed in an attitude of prayer, if there is one person, maybe two people, three people this morning who are broken and need to be fixed, I want to pray for you that you'd experience his love and what is broken will be fixed. Would you just slip up your hand, please, quickly, when I see it, ask you to take it down. Is there one here this morning? God bless you, madam. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? See your hand right at the back over there. Yes, thank you very much, sweetheart. Thank you. God bless you, mate. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? God bless you there. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. God bless you too. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, you're broken on the inside. You, you just put on a brave face. Going to work on Monday, just... Just getting through. You're just getting through. Is there one more here this morning? God bless you. Just for there as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Father, right now I pray for those who have raised their hands in response to you. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're the one who changes lives. Not the preacher, not me. Would you go to work now, Holy Spirit, work in those lives and those hands have been raised. I pray for them, Holy Spirit that they'd experience your love and your grace and your mercy. Lord, that you would take what is broken and you will fix it in their lives. I'm praying for a miracle in their lives. Whatever they need, oh God, I, I believe right now, Jesus, that you are answering the cry of their hearts and let it be so. And to you alone belongs salvation. Lord, thank you this morning for those who responded in Jesus' name. Now, for some of you here today who might be fixed, what do I mean by that? Well, everything's going well, everything's okay, but you know what? You're just fed up of doing the same thing in and out. You're in the middle lane of life. It's comfortable. But you want, you, you, if you want an adventure with God, you've got to let God break things up. And you've, you've got to let Him mess your life up. I, I mean that in, in a proper way. I mean, God has so messed my life up in the last three months. I don't even know if I'm coming, going, being or gone, but it's been the best three months of my life. I've never been as close to Jesus as now. My kids are close to Jesus. My, my wife is closer to Jesus. My whole, everything's about Jesus. But he messed, he messed everything up because what was fixed needed to be broken. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're a leader here. Maybe you're an elder or a deacon or, and you're fixed. You know, and you just need the tenderness of Jesus just to break into your life. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for those who are fixed right now that have got things all in, all their ducks in a row. Lord, I pray you'd come and you'd mess it up. <laughs> Lord, just mess it up. Lord, take us out of our comfort zone. Get us on that adventure with you where, Lord, nothing else matters except the mission of Jesus, the winning of souls into the kingdom of God to populate heaven. Mess up our lives, Lord, to bring them into alignment with your purposes, I pray. And I thank you this morning that above everything and through it all and in it all, that because of the death of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, when his body was broken, 
He made it possible for us to receive forgiveness and to call you our Father. Our Father. We love you this morning. We give you praise in Jesus' name.